This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. Hey, Rocketeers! Before we get started with today's episode, I want to introduce a very special guest who will be helping me tell today's story. Rhea Pector, the host of the kids' podcast Little Stories for Tiny People, will be voicing a couple of the characters. Say hi, Rhea! Hi, Rocketeers! I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for coming on the show. Why don't you tell us about your podcast? Sure. Um, I'm the creator of Little Stories for Tiny People, which is a story podcast for ages two and up. I have lots of lovable characters and, you know, kind of ridiculous storylines, really feel-good stories, and they tend to touch on big themes in life and in childhood. So, yeah, check it out. 
Rocketeer's Rias podcast is full of fun and imaginative stories that I'm sure you'll love, so check it out. Little stories for tiny people. Okay, Ria, you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 21, The USS Boredom. Somewhere in the darkness of space, a massive ship cruised between asteroids and dust without a destination. Its hull, shaped like a twisted gray log with dorsal fins, hummed along, reflecting the fiery glow of the looming red sun. The view out the porthole windows was magnificent. Not that anyone inside cared to take a look. For years, the USSB, or the USS Boredom as the orphans like to call it, had traveled through beautiful stretches of the universe, wandering aimlessly through the stars ever since Earth became uninhabitable and everyone had been forced to leave. Deep within the heart of the bulky ship, were thousands of kids, some barely old enough to write their names, others in their late teens, all of them sitting in front of towering walls of screens that winded through an enormous room. The thin tapestry of bright screens divided the room like a colorful patchwork quilt and projected scenes of every video game imaginable. Headphones blared the sounds of explosions and music into ears. Controllers shaped like silver bananas, gripped by small hands, controlled the colorful games in front of them. Among the entranced kids was Jade, a tiny girl with short dark hair and a quiet nasally voice. She might have been smaller than most kids half her age, but she ruled these screens. It had taken her a long time to work her way up the rankings, but pretty soon she hit the top of the charts and stayed there despite everyone's best efforts. Her incredible gaming skills earned her valuable respect aboard the ship, some kids even calling her Captain or Captain Jade. But Jade, while flattered, never felt like the title suited her. Boris, or Pops as the kids like to call him, was the real captain of the ship. He also happened to be the only adult aboard the USS Boredom. Middle-aged, stoic, and always dressed in his blue uniform, Boris regularly strolled the circular halls of the ship, checking on the orphans and staring out the windows. The kids all respected him, but nobody ever really talked to him. The story goes that when Earth was evacuated, he alone was charged with saving the group of parentless children. So in order to make the task manageable, he had the ship outfitted with innumerable screens to keep the kids occupied while he manned the ship. It proven effective, but at a great cost. All of the kids aboard the USSB became bored almost instantly when the screens turned off every night. They'd become so accustomed to staring at flashy games and loud mesmerizing videos that they'd grown numb to everything else around them. Jade was no exception. 
She stared into a curved screen in front of her and jerked her silver handles. A black spaceship on the screen barrel rolled and unleashed a spray of red lasers, turning four oncoming star jets into fireballs. A rewarding ding sounded in her headphones, and from across the vast room, she could hear the groans of four other kids. A sentence appeared in the top corner of her screen. Nice shot, it said. It was from her best friend, Clunk, a stout, frizzy-haired boy she gamed with every day. Thanks, Clunkhead. Jade typed back to him, using the underside of her controller. Have you beaten those noobs at Veggie Roundup yet? Like taking veggies from a baby, came the words across her screen. Clunk's screen showed a game with a big brawny farmer snatching up all the vegetables in a garden before a group of characters in overalls could pick them for themselves. Points tallied up with every block and grab. That's my broccoli! screamed a furious five-year-old across the room. Clunk and Jade chuckled to themselves. Hey, Clunk. Jade typed. Yeah, came the words. Do you think our parents actually died of boredom? There was a long pause as Clunk's cursor blinked in the top right corner. That's what they say, Clunk responded. So bored of Earth that they just plopped over dead. I heard people got so restless they used to go on walks. What's a walk? Jade asked, typing a confused emoji next to her question. It's where they literally just walked around staring at stuff. Yeesh, sounds excruciating. No kidding. So if that's true, I can believe they croaked from extreme boredom. Agreed. I'm starving. Wanna grab lunch? I hear fried pickle pepper bean burgers are on the menu. Just when I thought this place couldn't possibly stink anymore, they go and put bean burgers on the menu. Let's do it. The sentences were accompanied by a little burger icon and an atomic cloud. Jade and Clunk, who'd been sitting next to each other the whole time, took off their headsets and headed for the cafeteria. Not a word was said as they walked. In fact, they hardly made eye contact with each other. And that's just how it was. Jade felt way more confident communicating through the game than in person. Actually speaking to someone face-to-face and waiting for them to say something back was awkward. Clunk's big robot legs clanked down the brightly lit curved hall. For a long time, Clunk's legs had brought him obnoxious stares and weirded out looks. But ever since he and Jade had become friends, he'd stopped noticing. Now most of the time he forgot the bottom half of him wasn't even human. Jade made him feel normal. She'd asked him once how it all happened, but Clunk didn't know. He'd had them for as long as he could remember, and that was the last they ever talked about it. In the game, of course. I'll, uh, meet you at the table, okay? Jade said uncomfortably, not making eye contact. I've gotta go to the bathroom. Okay. Clunk mumbled. Jade quickly rounded the corner and ran into Captain Boris, making him drop something. Pops, she said in surprise. I'm, uh... Sorry, Pops finished. Don't worry about it. You're not the first kid to walk into me. 
It's pretty rare to see any of you walking with your head up these days. He picked up the square object and put it back under his arm. What's... what's that? Jade asked him. Amused, the captain held up the object. This is called a book. You read it. See the writing inside? Why? Pop smiled. Because it tells a story and teaches you things. Opens your mind to new ideas. Weird. Why not just get that from the screens? Uh, It's different, Pop said. There's something powerful and refreshing about letting your mind do all the work. Ah, We used to read these all the time back home. For a moment, he looked out the window into space with a sad, tired expression. Did did they die of boredom? Our, Our parents? Jade stuttered. Pops grimaced. Boredom? Who told you that nonsense? No, they didn't die of boredom. They died of quite the opposite, as a matter of fact. They were overworked. Their jobs became their lives, and all they thought about was their careers, until they no longer took care of themselves, their families, or the planet. Once we all realized what the problem was, it was too late, unfortunately. Jade momentarily glanced up and met eyes with the captain, but then quickly looked back down at the ground. Oh, weird, she said sheepishly. Pops chuckled and then gazed back out the window as a double-ringed planet came into view. Earth was a beautiful place. You would have loved it. The fresh air, the trees, oceans, mountains, ice cream. Ice cream? Oh, ho, the best. We try to recreate it here, but it's not even close. I've considered blasting off in an escape pod on a number of occasions just to go chase down a couple scoops of the stuff. Sounds weird. You really like that word, don't you? Jade shrugged. The word had become a default for her when she couldn't think of what to say. Jade, let me ask you something. What are you good at? Jade looked confused at the question. She opened her mouth, but Pops interrupted. "Uh Uh-uh, besides video games. Ooh, that was tough. Jade thought for a minute. I... I don't know. And you won't ever know as long as you stare at screens all day, Pops said, raising a finger. I know this is all my fault, but someday I hope I can get you all out of here so you can really experience things. That's my dream. Jade shifted uncomfortably, not knowing how to respond. Pops rolled his eyes. Go on, I know Clunk's waiting for you. Smiling, Jade hunched over and headed down the hall. Jade, the captain called after her. Jade turned. Just remember, look up every once in a while and take a deep breath. Jade looked both ways as her mouth formed the W sound. Don't say it, Pop stopped her. I know. Just don't forget it. 
Jade nodded and then walked away. Later that evening, most of the orphans took a break from the gaming wall of screens to watch a movie in the theater. Clunk sat down in the seat Jade had saved for him, pistons sounding in his robot knees. Ugh, I can't see, a kid complained behind him. He peered helplessly around Clunk's huge, frizzy head. Clunk straightened up so his head covered even more of the screen. There, how's that? He whispered with a smile. As the kid groaned behind him, he pressed a button on the side of his chair and the bag of buttered popcorn started popping out of his armrest. Halfway through the movie, one of the buildings exploded on the screen. Boom! Jade jumped in her seat. Wow, that felt real, she thought. She could have sworn she felt a quake with that explosion. Again, fire flashed across the screen as she felt her seat shake. This time, kids were exchanging nervous looks. Another second passed, and then BOOM! The whole theater shook, and an alarm sounded over the speakers. Whoa, Pops has really upgraded this theater, Clunk said, stuffing another fistful of popcorn into his mouth. Pops's voice interrupted the movie. We are under attack. This is not a drill. All kids to the escape hangar immediately. BOOM! The theater shook so hard that Jade went to the ground. Kids panicked. Everyone ran for the exit and stumbled as more explosions rattled the room. As they poured out into the halls, Jade saw green and red flashes lighting up the porthole windows. Hundreds of black ships that looked like pufferfish zoomed by the windows. Every few seconds, one of them would balloon to twice its size and then boom! Black thorns sprayed out in all directions, peppering the side of the USSB with small red explosions. Jade could see long green blasts shooting toward the attackers, some reaching their target and blowing the thorny space balls to fiery dust. Pops must be trying to defend the ship, Jade thought, recognizing the green lasers from the drills. Come on, Clunk said, tugging her along. We're running out of time! Jade snapped out of her daze and ran. Almost immediately, she felt winded. Her legs slowed and grew heavy. Her breaths were short and desperate. She wasn't alone. Most of the kids were struggling to flee the chaos. Jade couldn't remember the last time she'd run. I can't go any faster, she groaned. Hold on, Clunk said, scooping her up in his arms and bolting down the hall. His robot legs carried them at an inhuman speed quickly passing by the other kids. Clunk jumped over two collapsed boys and sprinted through the game room, his metal legs whining and hissing with every stride. Jade noticed that some of the kids weren't evacuating. They stayed glued to their screens, scared and powerless, unable to put down their game controllers. Boom! The room shook and sparks rained down from the ceiling. Almost there! Clunk shouted, turning a corner and heading for an open circular doorway with a blinking green light. He ran into it and slammed the button on the wall, sealing the door shut. Please secure your seatbelts, came a calm voice in the escape pod speakers. Evacuation will commence in five, four. Clunk and Jay dove into their seats and fumbled with their seatbelts. Three, two, 
Click, click. Their seatbelts pull tight. One. They slammed back into their chairs as the pod shot out of the USSB like a bullet. It ripped through space, turning the stars and fiery battle around them into a blur out the front window. Jade's teeth rattled and her body strained from the incredible force. After a long, stomach-churning minute, she felt the pull ease. Objects outside the window were slowly starting to come back into focus. When the pod finally slowed enough for them to think straight, they gasped. A beautiful green and blue planet floated just outside their window. Jade checked to see if her friend was still alive. Are... are you okay? Clonk unclenched his grip on his armrests and peeled his body off the chair. I think my brain just turned to pudding. Welcome to Evacuation Planet BX-742 of the Andromeda Galaxy, came the pod's voice again, sounding annoyingly pleasant. I hope you are pleased with your evacuation experience. Please leave us a review and tell us about your experience at DiscountEscapePods.com. Now sit back and enjoy this relaxing music as we begin our descent. Be advised, all beverages and refreshments in the cooler compartment are available for a nominal fee. Clunk froze with a bag of chocolate candies in his hand, his cheeks bulging. Oh, dang. Cheesy elevator music played as the escape pod glided down through the clouds and landed on the alien world. You will find emergency packs in the overhead compartments. The pod went on. They are available for... Yeah, yeah, a nominal fee, we get it, Clunk said, yanking the compartment open and grabbing both of the packs. He tossed one to Jade. Thanks, she said, catching it. The annoying pod wasn't done. Thank you for choosing Discount Escape Pods. We invite you to join us again on your next horrific escape. Goodbye and good luck. Jade and Clunk shook their heads and stepped out of the pod as the door hissed open. Outside, everything was blindingly bright. They covered their eyes and squinted at their surroundings. The ground felt soft under their feet, much softer than the hard walkways of the ship. The air felt warm, and a breeze carried a foreign smell. Jade sneezed a few times after taking in her first breaths. When her eyes finally adjusted, she could see dense patches of trees and hills of rocks and dirt, things she thought only existed in her games. A zing of panic shot through her. I... I can't, she said, dropping to the ground. She tore open the emergency pack and rummaged through it. Where is it? Where is it? What are you looking for? Clunk asked, squatting down next to her. A screen, Jade cried. There's gotta be one here somewhere. Her hands pushed through blankets, matches, and freeze-dried meals. But there was no screen. She finally gave up and collapsed next to her bag, crying. Clunk hesitated. He wasn't used to speaking to Jade in person, and he found it hard to think of the words so quickly, let alone say them correctly. He thought carefully before saying, Maybe we don't need them. Jade sat up and wiped her face. I do need them. Clunk, I... I can't. 
What... what do we do? Clunk let out a deep breath and then took a look around. Survive, he said quietly. He helped Jade to her feet and together they walked into the trees. The first night on the alien world was horrible. It took them hours to understand the instructions on how to use the matches. The diagrams and arrows might as well have been in another language. You're doing it wrong, Jade was telling him, trying to grab the instructions out of his hands. It says push and swipe, push and swipe, that's what I'm doing. Clunk tried the motion for the hundredth time, but the little matches kept snapping. Finally, on the hundred and first attempt, the match sparked and a little flame came to life. They cheered and nearly danced they were so happy, until a sudden breeze blew through the trees and the flame turned into a thin line of smoke. And so it was for days, even weeks, as Jade and Clunk struggled to survive on the alien world. They woke up with bug bites. Jade's feeble legs hiked up hills. They botched freeze-dried meals. The water made them sick even after using the pack's filter. They nearly froze, wrapped in their blankets as the cold double-mooned nights chilled them to the bone. But the hardest thing of all for Jade was not having her screens. She frequently found herself fantasizing about staring up at the game wall and setting a new high score. Sometimes she found her hands outstretched, jostling controllers that weren't there. She thought about the legend of the people on Earth growing so bored that they died. She knew it wasn't true, but had Captain Boris not told her so, she would have believed it were possible. She was painfully bored, excruciatingly bored, bored to death. Every day she sat around not knowing what to do. She thought about the other kids on the ship and the captain. Did they make it out? Everything happened so fast she didn't have a chance to process it all. She hoped they were okay. She imagined them landing safely on their escape planets, flying in a slightly less annoying pod, and then opening up their emergency packs to find handheld screens. Oh, what she'd give to have one right now. The withdrawals continued for well over a month, but halfway into their second month, something interesting happened. Jade found it easier to talk to Clunk. They'd had lots of practice now, and it seemed that their words flowed more naturally. Thoughts became easier to express, and sentences started to form in less choppy fragments. Thank you for saving me. Jade said to Clunk one night by the fire. She made eye contact for more than a second, and for the first time it didn't make her squirm when Clunk returned it. You're welcome, he said with a smile. You would have done the same if you were the one with robot legs. I'm not so sure. Clunk poked at the fire. Yeah, you would have. He jabbed at the bag on the ground. If only those packs came with joint oil... All this rain is starting to rust my gears. Well, if it gets really bad, I'll just carry you with these babies. Jade held up her skinny arms and flexed. Let's hope it doesn't come to that, Clunk laughed. The next morning, Jade got up and went to the stream for water. Her legs were stronger now, better able to walk the distance and then some. 
She journeyed on past the stream and out of the grove of trees. She thought about what Clunk had said about humans taking walks. Would this be considered a walk, she wondered. If so, it wasn't so bad. She remembered the last conversation she'd had with the captain, if you could call it that. Jade, he told her, look up every once in a while and take a deep breath. Jade looked up from the ground and gazed out over the beautiful bright blue lake. Green and orange trees lined its banks and jagged arched mountains spanned the horizon. She took a deep breath through her nose. The air smelled fresh and green, with a hint of sweetness from the wet wood. The scene brought tears to her eyes. It's beautiful, she whispered to herself. Jade hiked up a nearby hill for an even better view. She could see over the mountains now. A thick jungle and ocean lay beyond, waiting to be explored. Down below, Clunk was at the shoreline, fishing with the pole provided in the pod. Feathered winged creatures flapped their wings overhead and chirped pleasantly. All of a sudden, a sound, quiet and out of place, caught her attention. It wasn't a sound nature created, at least as far as she knew. The sound was clipped and mechanical. She glanced around to see where it was coming from, but there was nothing else on the hill with her. She almost shrugged it off and headed back down until she noticed a bump in the grass ahead. Sunlight glinted off something on the grass bubble. Jade approached it cautiously. When she saw what it was, her breath stopped. There was a small metal door in the grass bump. What the... Glancing over her shoulders, Jade sidestepped up to it, bent down, and pulled on the handle. The heavy door opened. A warm gust of stale air blew out of it. As she peered through the hole, her eyes widened. Below was an enormous room, full of humans, young and old. None of them noticed she was there. They just sat in chairs and were, were looking down at screens. Colorful light bounced off their expressionless faces from the small circular displays. Jade stared down at the screens and waited for the feeling to come, the inevitable pull to go towards it. But it never came. She hesitated, and then, taking one last look at them, she shook her head and closed the door. Catching her breath, she stood, and then with a big smile on her face, she headed back down the hill where Clunk was waiting for her, an extra fishing pole in hand. Rocket Review! I want to take a quick second to thank Rhea again from Little Stories for Tiny People for her help voicing Jade and the Escape Pod. Rhea, you did an amazing job. And Rocketeers, check out her show. I really wanted to cover this topic because I think it's a big issue, not just with kids, but with everybody, including adults. 
We live in a time where screens are everywhere. There are TVs, tablets, phones. Everywhere we turn, there is a screen to look at. It's sometimes hard to look away from a screen and very easy to get sucked into it. I'm not going to waste my time going into scientific studies about how staring at a screen for long periods of time is negative for our health, but I do want to focus on the one obvious consequence. Rocketeers, when you spend too much time staring at screens, you are missing out on life. You can't experience life if you're spending so much time staring at a screen, playing on a phone, watching videos, playing video games. Those aren't bad things. We just need to limit our time. Instead of spending all that time on a screen, try reading a book. Go outside and explore. Play make-believe. Build something out of Legos. Use your imagination. Rocketeers, I can't stress that enough. It's okay to be bored. You can be creative. Go outside or inside and find something to do. Imagine up a game. Play with friends. Interact. It's important to get that face time with other people and simply communicating through a screen is not going to help your communication skills. You need to be able to look someone in the eye and talk to them. Guess what, Rocketeers? I like screens like everybody else, and this is something that I really need to work on. So this is a good reminder for me, too. Limit your screen time and experience life. Experience the world around you. Appreciate the beauty outside, the beauty of the people around you. And I promise, I promise, I promise you will be happier for it and healthier. Rocketeers, you're awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Life. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get these episodes, and don't forget to tell your friends and family about these stories. Till next time, Rocketeers, this is your host, Greg Webb.